Everywhere you go, you may experience darkness, but church, what are we supposed to do? Shine bright. How? Because when you're anchored in Christ, you're anchored for more. Welcome to the Portland Christian Center podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. Yeah! All right. We've got to be real here for a moment. Who just were, who in here was just so, so thrilled for daylight savings time this morning? My hands are not up. I'm just going to pray for everyone that raised their hands right now. Because anybody with kids knows today was not the day. But it's all good because we serve a great God. Amen. And we're going to have a great day. I hope you've been enjoying this series on Anchored. We only have uh, two more weeks after this on Anchored. And then it's time for Easter. Are you ready for that? It's going to be great. I just want to say, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Nate. um, And uh, I'm the lead pastor here at Portland Christian Center along my wife and my kids. We just love you. We love our church. We're so blessed to be a part of all that God is doing. And um, something that's happening next week, I want to make sure that you're aware of, especially members, we have our annual business meeting. Okay, we're going to get warmed up. If we need to do jumping jacks, I'm just kidding, we won't do that. We have our annual business meeting next week. Yes. And I really do believe that's something we need to celebrate because God has been faithful. God has seen us through. He's with us. He's for us. And we're going to celebrate. And I want to make sure you know, especially members, that um, we have three names, actually, that we are going through for our deacons. We uh, didn't mention one last week, uh, but this week I want to make sure we mention all three. So one of them is, uh, is uh, Tim Hayden. Tim, will you wave your hand over there? Yes. He has, uh, he has served for three, t- three years, and he is up for re-election. Thank you for serving again. And then we have two new deacons coming on. So Arnie Burley, would you wave? Where are you at, Arnie? There you are. And... Uh, Matt Bell as well. I believe you might be out serving or you're here somewhere, but Matt Bell as well is on there. I don't know, Uh, but thank you for your names. But we're going to be ratified. Let's clap for all three. It's going to be great. So I want to make sure that you're there. You know, part of being, um, man, just a family and uh, all that God's doing is that we're believing God that he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or imagine. And today we're talking about being anchored for more. Anchored for more. Anchored for more of Jesus. Anchored for more of his presence. Anchored for more of what he wants to do in our lives. And I want to, right out the bat, I want to invite every person. We're going to have a prayer meeting on Wednesday at 7 o'clock right here. We're going to have worship and praise. And I, and I want to invite you because I just believe this is a time of the year where we need to pray more than ever. And why would you say that? Because Easter is coming and we will have more guests visit our church on Easter than any other time of the year. And I'm praying for something to happen that's going to change those people's lives forever. And here's what it is. That they will become not Christers, people who come on Christmas and Easter, 
but they will become fully devoted followers of Jesus that get in plugged in with family. Amen? So we're going to pray. that. Yeah, let's clap for that. That's good. So this Wednesday, I'm inviting everyone to come and pray with us. We're going to have worship. We're going to have time of prayer. And we're going to pray for God to do what only he can do, and that's to change hearts, to change lives. So put it on your calendar. This Wednesday, 7 o'clock, better together. We're kind of shutting everything else down. The youth are going to come and pray. We're going to pray. It's just going to be a powerful time that you don't want to miss. Okay? Sound good? So we're... In this series in Anchored, if you have your Bibles, we're in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're almost through Ephesians. And I just want to ask, how many have enjoyed Ephesians? I just love this book. It's been fantastic. One of the things that um, I, I haven't really talked about, and I, I just think it's really important that we mention, is that this city of Ephesus that Paul is writing to, one of the things that you, you have to recognize is that there's this massive temple in the center of town called the Temple of Artemis. The Temple of Artemis. Now, now who was Artemis? Or um, if you want to try and pronounce it uh, the right way or the Greek way, there's supposed to be like kind of like an H sounding at the beginning. So it's like Hartemis. Turn to your neighbor and say Hartemis. Artemis. Now, the reason, the reason I'm saying that is because this actually isn't uh, a good thing. You see, Artemis was this Greek god, the Romans called her Diana, and it was this goddess supposedly of fertility and of the hunt. And people would actually come all over to be blessed and it became something so evil, so wicked. There was male and female prostitutes. There was erotic things happening. There was the sexual sin that was so pervasive, so prevalent, so evil, and yet it grew and grew and grew because people thought they had to come to be blessed, to have kids, to have all these different things. And this temple became one of the seven wonders of the world. It was completely made of marble, over 377 feet long, Larger than a football field. It's this massive place. And it was the symbol of evil and darkness to anybody who's a believer. And in Acts, all of a sudden, Paul shows up and he preaches the gospel. He preaches the truth and the light of Christ. And he does such a powerful job partnering with the Holy Spirit that a riot breaks out. And they try to stone him and kill him. And it's in this amazing dark city that the light of Christ just shows up and changes everything. There's revival. Thousands of people are coming to God. It's transforming a city. And so it's a few years after this, Paul is under house arrest and he writes this book to, to Ephesians. And it's so important that you understand this because what Paul is talking about is that you may be put in a dark place but you are meant to shine bright. Portland Christian Center, you may be put in a dark place, but you are meant to shine bright. Students, you may be in a public school, you are meant to shine bright. Right? Students, if you're watching in college campuses all over, you may be in a dark place, but you were meant to shine bright. Yeah. 
Everywhere you go to the malls, to Washington Square Mall, Clackamas Town Center, you may experience darkness. But church, what are we supposed to do? Shine bright. How? Because when you're anchored in Christ, you're made for more. You're anchored for more. And part of what we've been talking about, the reason we have a picture of this guy up here for you is we want you to understand that when you're anchored in Christ, you can go higher and further and do more than you ever thought possible, not by might nor by power, but by his spirit working within you to do what pleases the Father. You and I were anchored for more. If you're in Christ, you are anchored for more. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are anchored for more. But we have to look at what Paul teaches us. Look at this passage in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to pick up reading right here. And here's what it says. You're going to see this darkness and light. It's, it's just fascinating, especially with the backdrop. I want you to think about this. The people reading this letter, this temple of pagan worship is right in front of them. And yet Paul says, follow God's example. How many know we have an example to follow? Everyone has a choice. Another, uh, another translation says, be imitators of God, therefore. One of the best questions you can ask yourself is, who am I imitating? What am I looking like? What am I sounding like? Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. If you're in Christ, you are loved. If you're in Christ, you never have to wonder if God loves you. You are loved, you are chosen, you are special. And that should change so much of the way that you view yourself. You are dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we have this very clear picture. Paul's saying over here, this is what you're to imitate, okay? But over here, you have this beautiful, massive, marble facility dedicated to pagan worship. And he's saying, don't imitate this. Don't imitate this. And here's what he's saying. But among you, there must not even be a hint, a hint of sexual immor immorality. Do you get what that's saying? Even though we have a culture that has put sexual immorality on every screen and every device possible, we shouldn't even have a hint of it with us. Not even a hint. And look how far he goes. He says this, or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's, what are we? Holy people. Holy means set apart. There should be a difference between us. One of the things that all of us have to recognize is that we are supposed to stand out. We are supposed to, be, supposed to look different. We're supposed to have different values. And that's actually a good thing. That's actually a good thing. He says, because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. It's out of place. Locker room talk, out of place. But rather, in other words, what we're supposed to do, Thanksgiving, 
For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Did you hear what that just said? There's a very strong warning. Paul's saying, if you want to live like this, over here what the culture's saying, what all this evil is, there's no inheritance in the kingdom of God for that lifestyle. But if you're in Christ, you're anchored for so much more. So much more. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Do not be partners with them. One of the things we have to realize is that our behavior will reveal who you're partnering with. Your behavior is announcing to other people what you're partnering with. One of the biggest lies Satan wants you to, to believe is that your behavior, you can behave in a vacuum and it's just my sin, my brokenness, and it doesn't affect anybody else. But when we step out of God's design, we actually are partnering with a spirit that wreaks havoc in our lives, not just in that situation, but it talks about in Scripture over and over that there is generational things that take place. What we do, the Bible says, in the dark will be shouted from the mountaintops. And so what we have to recognize is that you and I are anchored for so much more. And, and I'm hoping that as you hear these words, maybe you're listening and you're looking at your life and you're thinking, man, what Paul's saying about Ephesus, there are things that I'm struggling with in my own life. I want to be different. I want to be separate. I want to be completely free from that. But I feel the pull and the tug the same way the early Christians did in Ephesus. And I want to challenge every person. God has called you for so much more. He has called you for so much more. When you're in Christ, you are anchored for so much more. And I have really good news for you. I'm going to present hope to you that God's not going to leave you on your loan to try and fix it all by yourself. Because guess what? You can't. I've met so many people, and I'm sure you have, people that are trying to fix it all on their own, and I always want to ask, how's that working? Well, I'm really tired. You see, God sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of you and for me, if you're in Christ, so that you can be anchored for more. And this is what it says. This is so good in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Do you see how it changes your identity. It's not in. It says you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention when the what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. Boy, I, I've heard this said, maybe you've heard this before. If you conceal it, he won't heal it. But if you reveal it, the light will set you free. The light of God. The biggest lie the enemy wants you to believe is that if I keep it hidden, whatever that is for different people, 
then I won't let anybody down. I won't make mistakes. I'll just, I'll just kind of keep it all hidden. And what ends up happening is we put on a mask. And everybody sees this version of me, but they don't know the real you. And what Paul is trying to get you to see is you're fooling only yourself. Your freedom is awaiting your life. The moment you say, God, here is my sin. If I confess my sin, he is faithful and just and will cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And if you're like, well, what, what sins? We just gave you quite a list. Impurities, foolish talk, coarse joking, all those different things. And here's what I, I really want you to understand. And I, and I hope this comes to life. Because as I'm talking, one of the things that I've, I've fallen in my own life is this, is that I just, if I just wait till the preacher's done and I sing a song and I leave, then maybe I, I'll just get by. But you're feeling the weight and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he's challenging you. And one of the things I want to encourage you, don't sleep on what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in your life. You see, the very next verse 14, he says, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. How many here have a pillow that you absolutely love? Raise your hand. Oh, not very many of you, really? Okay, put your hands down. Who's looking for a good pillow right now? All right. My, my, my other joke, we all, she, needs a good, she needs a good pillow. So, um, this is a great pillow. This is memory foam. Hallelujah. It keeps the bald head nice and cool. And uh, I, I just love this pillow. Now, here's, here's what's interesting. There is a place and time to go to sleep. There's a place, hopefully not while you're driving. So, one of the things I like about this pillow, it has like these little, this little curve. It, when you put your head on it, it's just... Hold on, let's just test it. It's still good. It's a great pillow. It works and does amazing things for me. And what I've found is that oftentimes God is doing a work in my life. And he wants to challenge me and change me. But you know what it requires of me? Submission to him. And waking up to the fact that I need help. But here's what Satan wants you to do. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm going to hit the snooze button one more time. I'm going to confess to you. I hit the snooze button six times this morning. <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. It was a rough one. I'll be the first. Maybe I'll be over there later this afternoon. As funny as that is, there's an enemy trying to destroy you. And when he's coming after you, there's no time for soft pillows. You see, I grew up in a home when, uh, when we actually lived in Gresham for about three years. And because of some struggles in my family's, my, my grandparents' lives, they came and lived with us. My grandpa Oscar and my grandma Marion. And they, and I've talked about them a little bit, they were full of the Holy Ghost. They were retired pastors. But my grandpa had gone through some really difficult times. And I'll never forget being woken up in the middle of the night to 
three in the morning. I'm not, I'm not joking. Two, three in the morning. And my grandpa taught me something. He said, you know, you know, Nate, pillows are great for sleeping and they're also great for prayer. And I was like, well, if you use them for prayer, you're going to fall asleep. You don't want to be like the disciples. And he said, no, no, no. And, and I would find him often. This is what he would do. He would take a pillow and he'd put it down and he'd kneel and he'd be just like this. And I would find him speaking in tongues and praying. And I'd hear my name. I'd hear my brother's name. I'd hear our family's name. And here's what I want to teach every single person in this house. Who's got kids? Raise your hand. Look around you. Who's got kids? Who's got grandkids? Two hands. Come on, grandparents. Let's go. Okay, put your hands down. Who's got great-grandkids? Oh, yeah. Come on. I've heard great-grandkids are extra special. Is that true? If you raised your hand for any of those things, you need a pillow. Not to sleep, but to wake up. Wake up. Why am I saying it with such passion? Because there's a generation that's lost. And we don't fight with the weapons that the world fights with. We've got to get off social media. We've got to get off our hobby horses. We've got to get off those and realize, what do we have? We have a fight to fight. We have a war to win. The best thing you can do is find a place in your house, in your church, a pew where you get on your knees. If you need to bring a pillow on Sundays, bring it as long as you're not sleeping. Because you got to wake up. And so we get like this and we call out to God. And we pray and we ask him, Lord Jesus, we do not want a temple of wickedness in our city. We break off, we cast off every demon, every force. Because greater who's in, within me than he's that's in the world. And you know what ends up happening? When you fight on your knees, there's power in your house. You see, the truth is you have a battle every time you go home. You have a war to fight. Why? And this is the big idea. Because you're anchored for more. You are anchored for so much more. You are way more anchored than to sit around in your house and watch television CNN, Fox News, whatever it is that you watch and get wound up, man, turn it off, get on your knees and pray for our nation. Pray for your kids, pray for your grandkids, pray for your spouse, pray for your parents, pray for health. Why, why am I saying all this? Because it's time for the church to wake up and recognize we've got to fight. Absolutely, that's something worth talking about. because you were anchored for so much more church. I wanna tell you a story about a man named Herman. Herman Buell, I hope I'm saying that right. In 1953, he climbed a mountain. I wanna read you the name of this mountain. It's, the mountain was called um, Nanga Parbat, nicknamed Killer Mountain. 26,600 feet, 660 feet. It's pretty tall. And one of the things that people don't realize about this, this mountain is that people had tried over and over and over and over. And the year before, 1952, 31 people had died. 
all trying to climb this mountain. No one had done it. And so you know what Herman said? That's my mountain. So he went up with a group of guys and they got ready and they, they started climbing and they got up to a base camp and his partner who he was supposed to go with said, I'm not feeling good. I'm, gonna, I'm just done. He, he chickened out. And you know what Herman said? I'm going. Didn't, all, didn't get dressed up for nothing. So he climbed 18 hours. And when he got to the summit, it became so pitch black dark that he couldn't climb back down. So you know what he did? He anchored himself to the mountain and he stood there all night long. Do you think he had a pillow? I, I want us to catch this. You are called by God to conquer giants. You are called by God, Portland Christian Center, to change the atmosphere of the world around you. When other people are saying, no, it's too hard, I'm gonna give up, I'm gonna quit, I believe PCC is designed by God to do greater and bigger things than has ever happened before. I believe you are designed to do greater things than have happened before. Yes, we have an amazing heritage. Do you realize how powerful of a church this is? Decade after decade after decade, it's been leading the way. And we're going to keep leading the way. Leading the way in giving and missions. Leading the way in praying. Leading the way in praying. Leading the way in seeing families getting saved, getting healed, getting transformed. That's our heritage. That's the shoulders we stand on. But how many know we're not done? And what we have to do is continually tell ourselves, wake up! And so Herman stood there on the mountain, freezing all night long. And when daylight came, he hiked back down by himself. And I want to show you a picture of him. This is Herman. And on the left, he's 29 years old. And on the right, he's 29 years old. That was taken right after he got done with the hike. Hike. One of the things we have to recognize is that the battle that you're in, it will change you. It will change you. And one of the lies that people believe is that I want to stay the same, but I have news for you. You're going to change one way or the other. The question is, which direction are you changing? You see, bruised and sore knees from spending so much time praying, it's worth it. Spending time asking God to heal our country, to transform our nation. It's worth it. Some of us need to wake up and recognize where the real battle is because you were anchored for so much more. What are you anchored for? What are you anchored for? You ready? I'm going to give you the first thing that you're anchored for. If you're taking notes, I hope you write this down. The first thing that we're anchored for is more of the Holy Spirit. More of his presence. In verse 1, in this verse it says this, in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. What is that word debauchery? What does is, what is debauchery mean? It's a Greek word, asotia. It means reckless and wild. You were not called to be reckless and wild with the way that you live. 
You were actually called to make the most of every opportunity. I want to jump back up to verse 15. Verse 15 says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and, so- and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from the Lord in your heart, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you make the most of every opportunity. Today, at the end of service, we're going to give you an opportunity to make the most of it. Here's my question. Will you take it? Will you wake up? Will you wake up? Will you Wake up. Don't miss the opportunity. Has anybody here ever missed an opportunity? I have. Just this last week. Maybe this morning. But this last week, Myel and I were driving to an appointment. And I was, I was in the car. And we have, you know, Siri talking to me and is saying, you got to go this way, this way. And I can't figure it out. I'm in downtown Portland. And I, and I don't know where to go. And I'm supposed to get off on this exit, and I missed the opportunity, and I tried to swerve over, and I almost hit a car. And they held the horn on for at least 10 seconds longer than they should have. (laughs) Kind of hurt my feelings. So we start going around, and and, and I was like, we're going to be late. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know what's happening. And you know what was beautiful? The GPS, it rerouted me back. And we still made it. The reason I'm telling you that story is there's hope for every person in this, in this room. You may have missed your moment over here, but today's your chance. Don't miss the moment. Maybe last night you drank too much. You looked at things that you shouldn't have looked at. You see the lot, and here's the problem. Ephesus, people are like, well, we don't have an Ephesus where people doing all that at a temple. You know where Ephesus is now? On our phones. And I want to challenge you with one thing. When you go to bed, one of the things that they're telling us about our culture right now is that husbands and wives, before they go to sleep, it's not the last thing they don't see and the last thing they don't look at is each other. You know what the last thing they look at? Their cell phones. And here's what they're doing. They're scrolling and their heads are on their pillow. And you know what's happening? They're spiritually falling asleep. They're scrolling through Ephesus. Wickedness, evil. People are like, well, is Facebook really that bad? Instagram really that bad? All these different things. Boom, 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 boom. Is the cell phone that bad? Scroll, 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 scroll. And here's what I want to say so loud and clear. The battle you're fighting is a spiritual battle. The battle you're fighting is a spiritual battle that you cannot afford to sleep on. I want to challenge every single one of us. Let's hold up our phones real quick. Who's got a phone? Anybody got a phone? We got a phone? I'm just looking for a revival. I see a lot of droids, so we got to pray. Where are my iPhone people in the house? There we go. Thank you. We're good. We're good. Hold them up, hold them up. You're like, what? It's okay. 
those are just tools. Just tools. Be like, oh, my arm's dead. You can put your arm, you can put it down. It's okay. It's just a tool. It's just a tool. Don't mistake where the real war is. When you pray, ask God to give you wisdom so that you would know how to live. Because the challenge is, and churches have done this over and over and over, is we do what they did in the Old Testament. God started with 10 laws and they ended up with 639. And we start adding more and more rules. Okay, I'm on my phone from three to six and then seven to eight I'm off and then nine to 10 I'm off and then four or five I'm on. And we start making all these rules around our lives. And you know what God's saying? Get the pillow, put it on the ground and start praying and fall in love with me because you're anchored for so much more. Everything else that's being offered to you will just fail in comparison. There's so much more. And why do we need this so much more? Because we need the Holy Spirit to transform our lives because you and I need power that's not from myself. Point number two, you're anchored for more so that you will have more power. You need more power. In Acts it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If I could have the worship team go ahead and come up, I want to encourage every single one of you that you have been graced by God to send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you and for me so that you would have power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. I didn't know that song could be sung in that key, did you? I didn't either. What did it say? Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs one another. It's not about the sound or the notes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I have been making a joyful noise my whole life. But I'm thankful for people that can really sing. But more than that, what we have to recognize is we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I just think it's so important. We have to remember, and I didn't put it on the screen for a reason because I, I want you to write this down on your own. Philippians 2.13, I love this. It says, for God is working in you, in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Did you hear what that said? You should write this down and look it up later. Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13 online, Philippians 2.13 over there. God's given you not just like don't sin. He's given you a new desire and the power. Did you hear that? It's not about working on our own strength. It's the power of the Holy Spirit to give us new desires. I don't want to get drunk anymore. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is so much better. I don't want to look at that anymore. Why? Because God is so much better. I'm not going to fall asleep on my family. I'm not going to fall asleep on my kids. I'm not going to fall asleep on my parents. I'm not going to fall asleep on my church. Why? Because he is so much better. I am anchored for so much more. And there are people in this house, you are anchored for so much more. It's time for our church, every single one of us collectively to say, not on my watch.
not on my watch. I'm ready to wake up. I'm ready to stand. I'm ready to say, you know what? The time for sleeping is over. You see, when you worship Jesus, Paul and Silas show us in Acts that even if you're in prison, when you worship, the foundations of the earth will shake. Prison doors will be flung open. All you have to do is worship Jesus. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit will transform your life, your marriage, your kids, your family. But we have to wake up, church. We have to wake up. It's not about my pillow. It's about my God. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If you're here this morning, and as I'm talking, the first call is salvation. You need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If that's you with every eye open, no heads bowed, people looking around. If you want to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, man, I'm just, I'm believing that today's your day. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. If you're online too, we'll pray for you. But anybody here that needs to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. All right. Amen. Okay. All right. Let's pray together. If you're online, we're going to pray for you. Put it in the chat. Would you, everyone repeat after me? Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and make me new. I'm gonna follow you all the days of my life. I'm gonna be anchored for more, more of you. Lead and guide me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com. Or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.